you're looking for a way to support us, please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by a patron, Jennifer Desplant. We appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for the paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Alina Steele with us of Steele Bookkeeping. She's from Washington State, and we are so excited to have you here with us to chat a little bit about bookkeeping with us. Hello, Alina. Hi, Alina. Thank you so much. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is Steele Bookkeeping, and what do you do? And tell us about your company. My company assists small businesses in keeping track of their funds and being organized on the financial level. I am not a creative. I am (laughs) an analytical. (laughs) Which is perfect for bookkeeping. (laughs) Yes, it's great. However, I have been very lucky to run amazing in my life. And my business started just kind of helping those creative entrepreneurs stay organized financially. And from there, it grew into a full-fledged business. So awesome. We love hearing about female entrepreneurs. It's like, it's amazing how many there are of us and supporting each other is so important. I am very lucky. My entire business right now, 93% of my clients are female entrepreneurs. Oh, that's wonderful. That's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, that is so awesome. So then you must have a huge range of, sorry, you must have exposure to a huge range of industries. I do. Yes, that is another amazing aspect of bookkeeping and money. It's the same language all across the board as far as business go. So I am able to get insight into several different types of business. But yeah, it's really cool. I do everything from right now I have engineering services to a coffee shop to landscapers to photographers. Like I'm very lucky. That's one of the favorite parts of my job is getting to school from all different walks of life with all different talent. That's really amazing. And from so you got referred to us from Christina Shea. You're her bookkeeper. And it was just really amazing how she talks about you and how you are more than just a bookkeeper. And I feel like you're always reflecting questions back on her because my experience with bookkeepers is like, they just want your receipts, your income, your expenses, and let's get it out and done. And I just feel like you bring the softer side where you ask reflective questions like, Hey, you need to watch your bottom line. And are you pulling in the income that you need? How can we make your books in better shape? Very appreciative for other business owners to have you kind of looking and more responsible than just a normal bookkeeper keeping track of the books. Thank you. Yes, well, Christina is very kind and she has a very kind heart. (laughs) So it's lovely that that is how she talks about me. I do have a huge vested interest in the success of small businesses and also clearly being a female entrepreneur myself, that is also a huge thing for me. There are so many things to think of when you're starting a business. It sometimes easy to get lost and frustrated. And I have the luxury of coming at this position with a pretty decent background 
and have had experience with many successful businesses. And so to take what I saw them do and translate it to where the newer entrepreneurs are at right now and sort of ask them where they'd like to be and if they are comfortable with where they're going and if they know where they're going. So many people just absolutely love what they do, which is the first ingredient to a successful business that they don't really think about the money or organization part until they're into it. And amazingly, the successful entrepreneurs are always so intelligent that even if it's not what they want to be doing, they understand the questions that I'm asking and they always know their goals. And so it's very easy for us to kind of come together and work together to make a really good plan. Mm -hmm. So if a new entrepreneur came to you and they are just starting their business and they know one of the weakness is bookkeeping, what do you recommend that they do before they actually come and meet with you? Well, initially, if you're going to start a business, my number one thing is open a business account. Make sure you have your licenses together, go in and open a business account. And from the get-go, keep your funds separate. A lot of time people are afraid that because they're not making money, they'll just kind of keep their personal and business expenses mingled. And that is one thing. Number one, gotta work. Everything needs to be separate. So taking money and investing it into your business, just as simply as putting it into your business checking or business saving account, that is always my number one. You have got that accomplished, you're good. Like you are starting off on the right foot and it is very easy to keep stuff organized and on point from that point forward in my mind. Yeah. So one quick question I want to ask you is in the United States, the banks here sometimes will have fees. So I did some research when I started doing, finding out who had the best checking account because some offer free. There's workarounds where, for example, I bank with Wells Fargo. And one thing we've gotten around to business checking fees is they would have this weird little loop where you would pull money from your savings account and bring it over your checking account every single month. Like it's like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or something like that, but it just keeps flowing back and forth automatically. So I don't get dinged with checking fees, which is so interesting to me. And then I know Bank of America offers fees. So that's one reason why I don't bank with them for my business. So is there a bank that you like compared to others or does it even matter? I think it's a very personal choice, really. It depends on location still a lot of times because going in and setting stuff up, especially with the financial industry, a lot of times you do still need to be there in person initially to get stuff set up. Some of the smaller banks still have activity issues if you are doing on online booking, downloading transactions, anything like that. However, I will say that credit unions are probably my favorites just because they are not for profit. So you have the ability to get lower rate if you need business loans, lines of credit, and the checking fees, if they have them at all, are very, very minimal. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's my my two cents. But I do think it all comes down to personality, what the bank does for you and what you need to do. I mean, back to the your recommendation of keeping personal and business transactions separate. Other than a bank account, what other separate accounts should should we keep? Ideally, I want everybody to have a tax savings account. That is another thing that if you are aware of this at the very beginning, you have it kind of in the back of your mind, even if you're not pulling in a lot of cash right away, just knowing that once you hit that mark, got to be saving 
were taxes are always going to come. They're, yes. always, they're not going anywhere. 100% yeah. agree. So being prepared for that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Above and beyond that, you know, if, if you have the ability, there are tax benefit to the entrepreneur or the small business owner to investing for their own retirement with business funds. And for somebody who's getting just started, that may be a little further down the line, but that's always another huge thing, especially in my mind for the female entrepreneur, mm-hmm. just being aware of that and having that be one of your goals. It's very important to me. We're all young right now and we have the energy to hustle and mm-hmm. here we are, but you no, know, saving for retirement so that we don't have to hustle when we're 85. It's like, that's a yeah. big, And people that's are living thing. longer right now. <laughs> so yeah. would you say it would be the IRA, the SEP IRA that we should be looking into? For people that are just starting out and it actually, and I am not a CPA. And mm-hmm. so this is just a very broad scale opinion, but depending upon the setup of your business, whether you're a sole proprietor or an LLC or an S or there's different tax benefits to different account. And so if somebody's ready to set that up, I would probably have them do their own due diligence or speak with a CPA or a financial advisor. But for somebody that is just starting out and has a more simple business structure, I would go and start with a step IR. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So you brought up the question of a CPA. Um, what is the difference between a CPA and a bookkeeper? So a CPA is someone that is registered with the federal government and they have the authority to file for annual taxes for you and sign all the documents. With that authority come additional liability for them. They have amazing knowledge of ever-changing regulation and tax benefit requirements. Everything that comes down the pike from the federal government. There's a lot of information that changes annually with the federal government and it is definitely it can be very very daunting Mm -hmm. so the cpa they can do the data i'm not there yet (laughs) i enjoy the day-to-day having like a more personal connection with the business owners and answering you know really quick minor questions i don't have the desire to keep up with all the tax regulations that come down the pipe so that is the big difference between a cpa and myself i am also very lucky to work with a couple of amazing cpas and they are fantastic they have immense knowledge and are whip smart they only have time to be concerned with the bottom line yeah just because so much of their time is spent keeping up on all the the rules and regulations that they need to so that's a big difference is that i get to be invested in the day-to-day transactions and help businesses and the business owners get set up for success when they take their information to the cpa mm-hmm. but yes they have a very they have an amazing knowledge did that answer your question yeah yes. <laughs> and your role as a bookkeeper would you say that when a client comes to you do you mainly work with like quickbooks or a different bookkeeping system or do you work with clients that does it really basic minimum spreadsheets like excel spreadsheets i do 
do, so I primarily work in QuickBooks, both the online version and the desktop version, but I do have clients that keep all their financials on spreadsheet. And depending upon their size and the goal size that they would like to reach, most of the time I kind of guide them toward employing a bookkeeping platform. Just because once you get used to it, once you're in there, it can be very, very easy. And it's also what I'm used to looking at. And the information from you and from me is all in one location. Gotten a little easier now with Google Sheets and programs like that, where you don't have to be emailing back and forth. They're Mm -hmm. there for everybody to view. But I do, for the most part, I do encourage people to participate if they can in a more structured bookkeeping platform just for the ease of pulling reports Mm -hmm. so that when you do provide that information to the CPA, everybody's looking at the same numbers and they understand what numbers they're looking at. I know QuickBooks can be expensive. At what point in your entrepreneur pathway do you say, okay, I can upgrade to QuickBooks because it's going to make my life easier. It's going to make my bookkeeper life easier. How do you go about making that decision? At what point do you say, I guess you have to decide on your own priority, what is more important, but how important is bookkeeping in keeping your business life sane? I think it's very important. Now, whether or not you need a bookkeeper or whether or not you need a platform, that depends on your personality. You know, it depends on a a lot of things. I do understand with the monthly fees, when you're just starting out as a business, you know, all you really see is the bottom line a lot of time, especially if your background is finance. So I can understand any time when you got these monthly that are always hitting there. And sometimes your income is a little more sporadic, but I would implore business owners to have some sort of financial organization. There are templates out there that you can put together. And as long as you're keeping track of stuff, you know, any bookkeeper or anybody that has more of an analytical mindset can easily help you out and make a profit and loss statement or make a balance sheet or anything like that to provide to your tax preparer. You know, if money is a big concern, yes, you don't need that. The other thing is, is that if you are going to work with a bookkeeper or another financial professional, a lot of times, like I know QuickBooks, they actually offer wholesale discounts to us. So if we bill our clients for the monthly service, but we're the ones actually paying QuickBooks, there is a significant discount to the monthly fees for the program. So that's another thing, you know, if, if you're thinking about getting a book or you're thinking about having a financial professional assist you like, and you haven't already enrolled in QuickBooks or Sage or anything like that, you know, talk to that person first and kind of find out if they can give you any sort of discount or benefit with the program that they're using. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. And we talked briefly about paying ourselves <laughs> and our concern about our bottom line. Yes. <laughs> What's your opinion about that? Like what kind of strategies can a a new entrepreneur employ to make sure that they are paid? That is such a tricky question. I know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just, 
just rephrasing it as in like, what's like, what do you recommend your clients do? Is it like, should they have a separate account where it's like they have automatic withdrawals every month? Or what ways do you, because I know if I pull out money from my business account, it'll be an owner withdrawal category. I guess it depends on your profit, what you make each month, right? How much you can pull out Mm -hmm. and what you plan down the road. Are you planning a big launch? Are you planning to buy more supplies? Are you planning to upgrade a certain system? Is that more important than paying yourself? And if you pay yourself, then what happens down the road where you need to upgrade something or you need to pay? The thing is, our recommending both Jesse and I is like, know your numbers, know what expenses are coming down the pipeline so you can be prepared for it. And once you know that, then then you can know you can pay yourself. So think long-term for projects and expenses and hope that you can meet your target when you're selling a course or a tutorial or workshop. At that point, you know for a fact that, okay, I can pull at least 20% in. I'm going to calculate, pre-calculate that if I meet this bottom line that's going to cover all my expenses. So I think Jesse's question is, How do you go about preparing your books in certain ways that you can pay yourself? Is there a way? (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, is it? And I say it because like pulling in your, you suggested have an account for your taxes. Can you not have technically, I suppose you could. I mean, that's just a strategy. Obviously, every entrepreneur will have to decide for themselves whether it's possible. But is it possible to say like, I want to save $50 a month and that's just an expense. That's your salary. That's your, and I have Mm -hmm. to preface this with saying it's different in Canada and different in US because you're talking Mm -hmm. about a lot of concepts that are not a in Canada, actually. And a lot of Canadians don't have corporations where a lot of us are like, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a really high percentage of us being sole proprietors. And we file our taxes and our returns are individual, like our personal returns. And so the math there, the concepts are similar. The names are different. And I know you're probably taxed differently as well. And I like for myself personally, like the way I would go about doing it is consider my salary to myself, which is not, well, I guess you can consider as a salary myself being like, let's say $50 a month. That's my salary. That's my expense. I have to consider that when I'm doing my books that, you know, just as I'm going to pay a vendor, I'm paying myself as a vendor too. And I think obviously, and this is my opinion in terms of like, you know, when you're keeping your books, should there be a line that says, you know, salary me, (laughs) you know, as a deduction, as a business deduction, me. I think so. I very much think so. I mean, you're the one that is putting in all your heart and soul into this business. So not only do you get to reap the reward of being your product or your service utilized and paid for by someone else, but it also is a financial gain. I think it's very important to compensate yourself. And even though your compensation may be smaller in the beginning, another big thing about successful businesses and successful entrepreneurs are they have a timeline. They have this financial plan. They have a business plan. So their business is going to grow. And along with that, their finance should grow as well. Otherwise, I will probably be asking the question about, are you charging enough if we're not getting anything there? But yeah, I I do think it's very important. I am a very firm believer in the energy that you put into something, the positive energy, it's going to come back. And when you pay yourself, 
yourself. You've got a plan. Your payment to your own self is part of that plan. I feel like you are operating in kind of a more abundant mindset. You know, you've already got this plan that you know what your project costs are going to be. Your vendors are going to be paid. You maybe stuck $25 into your tax saving account, but now you get these $50. You get this $50 to contribute to the bills to help your partner out. If you're lucky enough to be in a situation where the bills are taken care of by all your funds, then that extra $50 is to go do something nice for yourself or somebody else. Mm -hmm. I do think it's very important for your mindset and we're lucky enough to love what we do, but when we're able to be financially compensated for what we're doing as well, it feels really good. I don't think so empowering. Yes. And money is clearly not the end all or be all, but it is one other aspect how people, you know, how how you see that what you're doing, people appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I do. Even if it's very minimal, I I do think it's important. You talked about a plan and encouraging your clients to have a business plan or financial plan. How do you help them with that? Like, what is your role in helping them with succeeding in that plan? It's different for every business and every person, depending upon their financial needs, whether they're in the position to be able to really reinvest in their business or they have substantial personal financial needs that need to be met. But one of the first things I ask is that you, are you charging what you're worth? Are you charging for your product or your service a sustainable amount? That is a huge part of the financial plan when I come in. A lot of people are. A lot of people are good to go. Like they've got a good plan. They've done the research. But a lot of people are also like, I just, I just need to get clients. I want to be a good deal. And like, that is not sustainable. (laughs) It is not sustainable and it will drain you and you will no longer, not that you won't love what you do, but it will drain you. Mm -hmm. Like the hamster on that wheel. Mm -hmm. Jesse and I talked about it where we're (laughs) constantly producing and producing and not able to really do what we want or get out of what we want. Mm -hmm. So it's something that a lot of beginner entrepreneur, they don't consider like, yes, I'm going to price it low because one, my skill is not at the level where I think I should charge things. Second, I do want to get more clients. And how do you get more clients? You price it low enough to capture those markets. But then when do you realize when you need to raise your prices? I mean, the big key thing is like you're busy, raise your prices, slow down that work, give some time back to yourself. I think that's really important. And if it still comes, you you are charging too low, raise it up again. (laughs) And it doesn't matter how often you're doing it. It it helps brings that pipeline down, that bottleneck. So you filter people that just want cheap things from you. You don't Mm -hmm. want that because you're building these flowers that are pieces of art and really think about how, what's your long-term goal? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs do not think about the Mm long-term goal of what they really want out of their business and how they plan to grow their business. Or you're too busy. Yeah, you're too busy. (laughs) Order after order. And you just, you're like, it's like tunnel vision. You can't see the bigger plan. Not until you, you know, you're overworked. And then you're like, what happened? Well, you know, that, yeah, it's a really great point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as a role as a bookkeeper, do you, I feel like you take more initiative than other bookkeepers. And you're like, no, you need to stop this. This is not, you're doing way too much for too little, but yes, you're bringing in the income, but I guess, cause you can see like year after year, like, okay, the numbers haven't changed, but you're pulling in like 
like a lot more, I don't know, revenue, but you're not paying yourself as much. Like you probably have like see the business from inside out and you probably have a clearer picture of that than the person actually running the business. It's a, it's definitely a different perspective. My husband actually owned his own business as well. And in the beginning, one of the big things we talked about is that if you are getting every client you talk to, or if you are getting every bid that you put out there, you are way too low. Such a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that again, like, I'm very lucky to be able to see the business from the side that I see it. And also to kind of have the experience that I have seeing how businesses, the ones who have the plan and the ones who knew what they were worth, even if they were just starting out versus those who were a little more nervous or didn't have the plan solidified. So it is, a, I feel lucky to be able to offer that perspective to people that are starting out. And yeah, you know, I like numbers, but I really like people. And <laughs> I am truly invested in the companies that I work for. I'm very lucky at this point where I've also gotten to know all my business owners on more than just a business level. And I like them. So mm-hmm. that's a huge part of it too, is that of course I want them to stick it like they are good people and they are putting good back into everything that they do. So mm-hmm. yes. Oh yeah, definitely. On a more technical question, how often should people be doing their bookkeeping? Every transaction, once a month, every quarter? That depends on the number of transactions you have or the size of your business. If you are someone who does not have a lot of overhead and you don't have a lot of monthly charges going out, and your revenue tends to be larger amounts of money, those people can get away with more quarterly or biannually bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. When you are buying supplies and creating a product and you've got a lot of expenses going out before you have things coming in and what you've got coming in is more, you know, it's more frequent amounts, smaller, more frequent amounts. Mm -hmm. My preference is once a month just to know everything's organized and make sure you are still aligned with your business plan or your financial plan. Mm -hmm. So that would be my recommendation. That Um, makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) The more transactions you have, like it just builds up. I know it's it's too overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. And like you said, to make sure you're like, you're still, you're not in the red or something this month, or like, maybe that is your plan, but what if it's not, you want to know, right? (laughs) Stop it before like it continues. (laughs) Exactly. And it could be also a good way. I mean, knowing your numbers, like, oh, I need to hustle a little bit more to meet my, you know, pay my expenses. (laughs) (laughs) My credit card bill is going to be huge next month. (laughs) Get some money. (laughs) Exactly. Let's talk about tax deductible. What are the some of the obvious pieces that is tax deductible for a new business owner? Well, if this is kind of hard, again, like minor, minor recommendations. I am not a tax professional. <laughs> yeah. I do not have the, the letters after my name. A big one right now that I always make sure a lot of my clients are conveying to their tax professional is their home office. So many of us are working from home now and we have dedicated spaces, dedicated areas in our home 
home that are for our work, that is a pretty big business expense. You know, a portion of your rent or a portion of your mortgage, a portion of your utilities, everything like that, that is a business expense to write off. How do you write that? Is it a percentage or is it like, let's say I pay $100 for my cable bill. How do I, how do I state that my spreadsheets or QuickBooks? Or is it just a end of the year? This is how much I paid out of my personal account and my business gets a portion of that. Correct. So what it would be, would be an annual one. It would be on your, no, sorry. I am just talking United States. I Mm -hmm. do not have experience in Canada with this at all. Um, But in the United States, at the end of the year, when your tax professional fills out your return, you take the percent of your square footage from your entire residence that is dedicated to your office space. And whatever that percentage is, that percentage applies to the amount of your mortgage or your rent that can be written off, the amount of your utilities that can be written off. So once you know about it, it it, it is pretty straightforward, but a lot of times we're busy Mm -hmm. hustling. We don't know that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I know with COVID, especially in Canada, at least they they have implemented a new policy or a new procedure, I guess, just for this year to get to recognize that a lot of employees worked from home most of the year. And I think they calculated like 45 cents or something per day that you did or like a flat rate, like maximum of $400. So it's like one or the other. You could do the calculation yourself or you can just like maximize it. But my main concern usually in Canada is because if we're working in our principal resident, when we sell the home, we don't, it's not, the capital gains are not taxed. So if we were to designate a certain portion of it as a business expense, there is a possibility that that portion would be taxed um, as capital gains. So my mom's a bookkeeper. (laughs) So I always like, so she has (laughs) talked, well, yeah, and I do my own bookkeeping and everything like that. But my, like, honestly, my, my, my books are so simple. I don't do subscriptions or anything like that. So, but yeah, so one of the things that is like, that you do have to talk to your CPA about is weighing the pros and cons. Is it worth deducting your at-home, you know, work at home expenses or even home expenses? Or is it not worth it in down the road? Because, you know, 10 years later, your house might, your house might sell for, you know, double the amount. Do you want to be taxed on that capital gains? How much savings is that over the course of the 10 years? So I totally, so I totally get it when you're like, I'm not, you know, this is, I'm not a CPA. I'm not, you know, because at the end of the day, the person who gives advice to the client is the CPA. You are the one who tells the client, okay, these, this is what you have to look out for. This is what I'm, I've seen. This is what I think is, you know, good. But at the end of the day, yeah, the responsibility isn't on your client or yourself. It, you know, the CPA giving them advice. So I totally understand why you're like, mm, wait, <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> but what you have told us though is really helpful because at the very basic, it's the concept that people need to understand that there even is that option to, to deduct certain things, to do, to consider that you're working at home. Like that's your designated, you know, office space, business office space. It is something you can deduct. And then, you know, then they can actually be aware of it and consider that when they're doing any kind of calculations at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks yeah. for that. Yes. So awesome. All right. To wrap up this amazing interview, we always ask our guests, what do they drink? Or if you can listen to something or watch something, what do you watch or listen while you're working? What I drink is iced coffee and all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, every once in a while, I'll treat myself to a kombucha. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not able to wash anything while I'm working. And for the most part, I don't listen to anything either because I feel like I have to be hyper-focused, um, yeah. which is kind of...
kind of a bummer. (laughs) Yes, I'm very much a coffee drinker and I'm so excited for summer because people don't look at me weird when I order my iced coffees in the summer. We usually in June, everybody in Seattle, we usually call it January because Mm -hmm. it feels like January here in Seattle. (laughs) It's cold, it's wet, it's like gray, overcast. Our summer really doesn't start till after July 4th. And it usually rains on July 4th, which is so (laughs) sad. But then magically on July 5th, it's beautiful and we get wonderful temperature all the way through September. And so most Seattleites stay in Seattle during those two months of extreme beautiful weather. And it's so funny. My husband was telling me a story. He used to work for Microsoft when he was an intern. They would actually start their intern projects or internship during the latter part of July and August to lure all these employees in because the weather is so amazing and they don't realize (laughs) and so they don't know how bad the weather is the other one that is amazing I know yes they really thought about that yes (laughs) yes well thank you so much it was so much fun talking to you oh my gosh thank you ladies I really enjoyed it I appreciate it oh you're so knowledgeable and so thoughtful in your responses I think they're they're going to help a lot of us make sure that our books are better, or at least to know what to look for, you know? Yeah, exactly. I really love the thought that you put behind in the bookkeeping aspect, because bookkeeping can be so boring about crunching numbers, putting things in categories, but there's so much like soft feelings behind it. And to really understand and know your numbers is so important in every business owner mind because you need to know if you're in the red or in the black and do you need to hustle more or can you coast and relax or can you raise your prices that's the reason why you would hire a bookkeeper is to (laughs) help you figure that part out especially if it's a lot of creatives that is their weakness and to have someone that is their strength that's i would say that's one of the first people that you need to hire if you're growing your business team for sure when when you have no complete knowledge about every aspect of your business and i don't mean that you're involved in it and you know how to do it, but you know what your numbers are and you feel confident about those numbers and where you're going. It's so empowering. So I do feel, I mean, it's whether you do it yourself or you have a professional, like it, it, it's just, it's good for your business mind and it's good for your like person. Yeah. And one big tip for any business owner that use QuickBook and have a bookkeeper, it's so easy for me to hop into QuickBook and pull the report. I mean, QuickBook has hundreds of different reports that you can really dial down on what you're looking for. What are my expenses month? What's my expenses for the quarter? And that is one thing that I do love about paying for a subscription because it can easily generate all these different reports. For sure. Yeah. All right. Thank thank you, you. Alina. Yeah. Thank Thank you for so much. If you're looking for a way to support us, please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much. You can also support us as a patron on patreon.com. Your contribution would help us continue to create great content for you and the Paper Flower community. Community.